Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Welcome to another episode of Alabama AgCast. My name is Brady Ragland, Commodity Director with the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today, we'll be covering meat science topics with Dr. Jason Sawyer, Associate Professor of Meat Science at Auburn University. Dr. Sawyer, welcome to the Alabama AgCast. Thanks, Brady. It's great to be here and I uh, enjoyed my trip down this morning and the weather's uh, looking great. Uh, some more rain uh, is on its way, but uh, thank you again for having me uh, on this opportunity. Well, we're excited to have you. Let's jump right into it. The coronavirus hit uh, earlier this year. Meat demand instantly spikes and so do prices. Unfortunately, the producer of the live cattle wasn't necessarily seeing the same thing, but we won't get into that on this podcast. Since then, prices, meat prices have receded a little bit, but USDA still projects a 6.5% increase in meat prices for 2020 compared to 2019. This means that good decision-making at the grocery store or wherever you source your meat product from is critical. Tell us, Dr. Sawyer, what are some things consumers should be looking for in their meat product? Well, uh, Brady, that is, uh, that's a great question. Uh, and we've seen that uh, consumer uh, shifting uh, at the retail counter uh, quite a bit uh, since March. Um, and, and I think that uh, consumers are becoming uh, more aware of the product offerings. Uh, they're also uh, identifying those products that uh, can readily be uh, stored for extended periods of time. Uh, because there's a little more anxiety about uh, going into the uh, grocery store or going into public uh, and, and purchasing those items. So I think um, consumers are identifying new products, uh, maybe a new roast, maybe a new marinated product, maybe it's a, a new uh, product offering, um, and, and maybe just buying more ground beef uh, to sustain their, their household. Uh, and we're seeing maybe uh, some similar um, buying patterns of steaks, uh, but we're not seeing those big backyard barbecues popping up like we used to pre-March. Pre, uh, so um, those items, uh, I think, are going to remain steady. Uh, just uh, be aware that the retail market is going to have that product there. Uh, it just takes some, some time to get it to the storefront for, for our consumers. Yes, uh, I think we noticed that anybody that went to the grocery store around March uh, noticed that some some product was flying off the shelves. That's good for meat demand, uh, but tell us, uh, as those folks that went to the grocery store like you just mentioned, and we heard the term hoarding, as folks maybe get a little nervous or they want to store a little more meat than they might be used to, talk about packaging and what folks should do when they get that product home to avoid things like freezer burn and, and stuff like that. Tell us about that. Sure. There's a lot of different packaging platforms the industry utilizes from uh, typical uh, overwrap that looks like your saran wrap. You might cover uh, uh, an item to reheat later um, to product that is uh, in a vacuum package or even like in your poultry product that just might be thrown inside a bag and is individually quick frozen. Um, those packaging uh, platforms all have uh, varying shelf life or periods that you can store them in your, in your freezers at home or refrigerators. Um, for most um, of our beef platforms today, I would say that those are, are pretty short shelf life. Uh, that's, that was designed in its uh, entirety to uh, have the consumer come and make repeat purchases 
almost weekly, uh, if not biweekly. So um, while the industry is shifting to more uh, storage-friendly uh, packaging products that we'll see launched probably in the next uh, six to nine months um, by the meat industry, um, those items can be purchased, um, but they're going to probably uh, need to be consumed uh, in a relatively quick manner uh, for beef products. Uh, you go to some uh, box stores like Costco's and Sam Club, you can find more vacuum packaged product that allows for that product to remain stored in your freezer for oftentimes up to a year uh, without any detrimental uh, quality effects to it. So. Um, Identifying a, a platform uh, that works best for you and your family uh, and the, the meat items that you purchase is sometimes uh, a very important decision. Um, and, and consumers should weigh into that as to am I willing to pay 5 to 25 cents more for something that could uh, be stored for almost six months in my freezer if need be. Um, those, those are difficult questions, but I think there is a product offering that exists for every consumer uh, in, the, in the retail marketplace. Um, it's just uh, we are seeing more consumers purchasing uh, in larger quantities for up to four weeks um, by some uh, commodity groups like NCBA, uh, noting and tracking consumer purchases of beef, and they're, they're stockpiling at least four weeks of meals at home uh, in today's uh, households. Excellent. So we talked about maybe going to get your meat at the grocery store. Let's switch gears and talk about the growing demand like we hinted on earlier of, of locally sourced beef products. If I was a consumer and I was making my first transition from purchasing beef for, for forever at the grocery store and now I want to go to a locally sourced uh, meat producer or beef producer, uh, should my purchasing habits or should I be looking for anything different in that meat? Uh, am I still guaranteed that it's a safe product to take home and feed to my family? Well, what are your thoughts on that? That's an awesome question, Brady. I think uh, that all uh, producers of agriculture products that are selling products to us as consumers uh, of those products are going to put out the best and safest product possible. The the one overlying factor that some consumers see in purchasing from a local producer like that, say a uh, quarter beef or a half a beef or a whole beef, is purely the sticker shock uh, when you pay for that product up front. Uh, you might pay up to $2,500 to $3,000 for an entire beef animal packaged and delivered to your freezer. But if you were to calculate that price out across your entire year, uh, you're going to have about 450 pounds of meat. And if you calculate that sticker shock price across your entire year in that 450, you're probably paying about six or seven dollars per pound for all of your beef uh, for your family and to be stored in your own freezer. And you know the source of that product. You know, have that relationship with that producer. And, and you know that that producer is going to utilize the safe and wholesome uh, production practices, even from the processor side of things, um, because that is the biggest fear uh, is food safety. And as a producer, um, there's nothing that keeps people up at night more than food safety and making sure that the consumers that buy those products are safe. Because if one person uh, buys from a local producer and has a bad experience, such as a foodborne illness, they're never going to buy. And then it becomes negative publicity for that particular producer. So it's, it's, our, it's our job to get out there as agriculture producers and produce that safe food. Um, 
but you're going to find that that wholesome, safe product uh, by buying local um, with those producers. Um, I think that you can buy in bulk and a greater quantity, and you can probably price it better than what you're going to be pricing uh, by going to the retail market every week or every two weeks um, or maybe just once a month. Um, but it is going to be a sticker shock. So if I'm understanding you right, if you're going to buy locally sourced maybe in quarters or halves, you're going to have to pay more up front. But if you average it out across the total amount of meat that you get, it's actually maybe even a reduced price than what you may be paying for at the retail level at, at the grocery store. Now, let me, let's build on that just a second and, and say if you're going to get that much meat at one time, obviously what we talked about earlier, storage is certainly something that you should consider as a consumer. If you're a producer of this locally sourced product, that's something that you would have to maybe warn your consumers about. Hey, you're going to be taking a lot of product at one time. I think we all think about maybe steaks or the, the, the cuts that we would really enjoy, but what other cuts are going to go along with this 400 pounds of beef? What, what should they be um, most, uh, what should a consumer be most likely to be consuming out of this large quantity of, of meat? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, when it comes to buying uh, sides of beef like that or quarters, uh, it, it can be almost a puzzle uh, and it can be overwhelming for the uh, consumer uh, because you just are used to going to the store, buying up a package of ground beef, uh, buying a steak, a package of roast. In this instance, you're going to have maybe 100 pounds of ground beef. Um, you could have uh, maybe another 50 or 60 pounds of roast. Um, and so that is where the relationship with this uh, producer can be developed and evolved. And you can really kind of pick and choose those kinds of cuts of meat uh, that you might like or prefer in your household. Maybe you love to have a stew once a month. Uh, and so you're looking to maybe find 12 packages or 12 pounds of stew meat. Um, and, and then that that particular animal can be custom cut or custom butchered in some scenarios uh, to what your family really prefers. Uh, in my household, man, we have hamburger uh, at least three nights a week we, from sloppy joes to tacos to uh, spaghetti. Uh, and it's in that uh, format uh, for our for our young household currently. But in another household, it might be a roast once a week. It could be uh, steaks on certain nights. Um, and, and it could be maybe beef is just twice a month. Um, and so identifying and building that relationship with these beef producers uh, when you're purchasing these custom uh, products are, are a great way to really fine tune and enhance what you as a consumer really want to want to put on your freezer and it will be a lot of product uh it's not going to be some small amount that uh, you can just stick in your residential uh, freezer on the side and and say well we got beef you're going to need a little extra space to store it so custom uh processing or working with a, a locally sourced producer is more than just about uh, obtaining the beef it's almost a relationship business and it there seems like there's some more customizable options from producer to consumer where they can kind of work together and and give that consumer the best product in the most kind of efficient way would you say that's true oh absolutely i think agriculture is a is a relationship uh based uh commodity and uh i think that as consumers uh we want to know and build that relationship with these producers because it is that product that we're putting on our tables for our cons our household and that we want to know as consumers where that product comes from uh, in today's industry. 
So to wrap us up, uh, what would you say if, if to some of our producers listening that may have cattle and they may want to venture into the locally sourced meat market industry, what what, what advice would you give them? We, we know that there's opportunity there. We know there are some challenges, whether it be uh, getting the animal harvested or finding a market. There's always challenges, but what advice would you give to someone that has the actual beef animal but wants to maybe venture into a new business opportunity? I'll say the number one thing I, I try to tell people in this in, uh, enterprise is to just not be afraid, to go and launch it. Uh, there's avenues to sell that product, to build that relationship, and there are consumers that really want to buy these local source products, and they're willing to pay a premium price for it so that it is worth what more than what you might say you're selling in the commodity business. And so don't be afraid, jump into it. And there's resources abound in this state of Alabama to help you uh, navigate through this, through this process. Well, Dr. Sawyer, I think we could talk another hour about these particular topic and certainly dive into more of the nuts and bolts, maybe on a later episode, but you've given us a, a great overview of some meat science topics. And as it relates to locally sourced product, Thank you so much for coming on the Alabama AgCast. That wraps us up for today's episode. Thank you once again for joining us. Thank you again. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. This is Jake Harper, Southwest Area Vice President for the Alabama Farmers Federation. I also serve on the Board of Directors for the Auburn Agriculture Alumni Club. As an alumni of Auburn University's College of Agriculture, I want to invite you to a special Ag Roundup. Many of you have been part of the annual Ag Roundup on Auburn University's campus for years. This event has brought together not only alumni of Auburn's College of Ag, but friends and supporters. With this year's unique challenges, the 2020 Ag Roundup will be different with a celebration online. Ag Roundup will be held over four days, November 16th through the 19th. I invite you to join us to be part of this unique celebration. You can start today by following the Ag, Auburn Ag Alumni Club page on Facebook. Then check that you are going to the Ag Roundup. This way you can follow everything as we lead up to the event with these videos shared by alumni and friends of the college. Ag Roundup purpose is to raise support for scholarships for students in the College of Ag. I repeat, raise money for scholarships. So this is a great way to help. I'll stay in connected with the Auburn Ag family this year. With several generous sponsors and everyone participating online, we hope to help more than ever. This will be an online auction where everyone can check out the unique items, bid, and end up with some Christmas gifts while all helping students. We look forward to seeing you virtual this year on Monday, November the 16th through Thursday, November the 19th for some fun together, including a couple of surprise guests. For any questions, see today's show notes. See you there in War Eagle. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.